0: Today on Simply Complicated we have Sean Bastock. He is a holistic health coach. He's a massive advocate for empowering mums to take back their health and create time for them in their lives. He's going to walk us through a few simple and really powerful steps to take our consciousness and our health and our well-being back into our own hands. Sean, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to introduce the women of Simply Complicated to everything that it is you do. Thank you for coming.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Katie. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to be here. Looking forward to the chat.
0: So for those of you who don't know Sean Bastock, I'm really pleased to introduce him. He's a holistic health coach, um, which is super interesting to hear about. So rather than me try and fill you guys in on what it is that Sean does, because it is multifaceted, um, uh, Sean, can you tell us what it is that a holistic health coach does and what it is that that you oversee and look after?
1: Yeah, of course. So what I essentially do... um, is look at the whole. Um, so I've done my holistic lifestyle coaching level one and two through a company called the Czech Institute. And what that entails is looking at the whole picture. So physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health, looking at the individual, seeing what's out of balance in their life, what do they want to work on, and helping them move towards that. So one day I might be talking to a client about nutrition. The other day I might be talking about the big dreams that they have and what seems impossible at the time um i help them go from where they are having those impossible dreams to turn those impossible dreams into possible dreams and possible dreams to probable dreams probable dreams to inevitable dreams and then inevitable dreams to current reality Mm -hmm. so it stays quite different each day is quite different um but it's essentially looking at the whole looking at all these aspects of health and helping that individual go from where they are to where they want to go.
0: I love that so much because especially like when people are so quick to treat the symptom of whatever that might be, rather than looking at the cause. And I'm so glad that we've got people like you out there within the world, um, you know, unpacking that and starting these conversations and, and, promoting self-inquiry within individuals to sort of look at the whole big, um, you know, 360 effect. So that is really, really cool. So the world wants us to think that in order to live like an optimal life that we need to buy tons and tons of specific products wear the best active wear, do 17 self-care things before breakfast in order to be healthy. But you don't vibe that way. You take a much simpler approach, even though it's at you know, the whole looking of things. Tell us about the four doctors that I've heard you speak about before.
1: Yeah, so the concept of the four doctors dates back to Hippocrates in uh, ancient Greece. And Hippocrates was known as the doctor that you would go and see to heal you of whatever was going on. And Hippocrates uh, come to realize that there was three things uh, that – the person was, uh, three areas that the person was lacking in. He dubbed them Dr. Happiness, Dr. Diet, and Dr. Quiet. And my mentor, Paul Czech from the Czech Institute, uh, added Dr. Movement in. And of course, back in ancient times, um, movement wasn't an issue. Um, Of course, as humans, we used to move to get food, and now we sort of move to burn food off. So times have changed a little bit. So the doctors are Dr. Happiness, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, and Dr. Movement. Now, Dr. Happiness uh, entails doing what you love to do. It entails looking at what your dream goal or objective is and starting to move towards that. Now, of course, we know that um, the mind affects the body and the body affects the mind. Um, And in short, they're actually one. Um, It's all combined systems of systems. So what I like to say is, as above, so below. As below, Mm -hmm. so above. So Dr. Happiness looks at what makes you happy and getting that more in your life. It's about um, looking at emotional intelligence and understanding that we as individuals are in control of our thoughts and our feelings. And as we learn some tools and techniques to um, start to shift our emotions, It will completely shift our state. Um, Doctor diet is of course looking at nutrition and eating for you as an individual, as opposed to the latest fad diet. um, What the other person next to you is eating. Um, We all have different DNA. We all have all. We are individuals, so there is no one size fits all with diet. Um, And what I look at is. People eating for their individual type mm-hmm. and their got, and then, of course, looking at eating real food. Um, in short, if we weren't eating it 10,000 years ago, we probably shouldn't be eating that much of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Evolutionary terms have been uh, evolving for a very, very long time. And um, a lot of the things that we're eating nowadays are. Um, very very new to the human body something that we are not used to so when we have a difference between our genetics our biology and the environment that we're in um, when we have that mismatch this is when the disease starts to occur so also looking within doctor diet at hydration um, most people are running slightly dehydrated and just a slight bit of dehydration uh, can be a huge problem. So, looking at the amount of water that you're getting in, but also the quality of water. now there's a big difference between uh, most people's tap water and good high quality mineral water and spring water that's been remineralized. Um, yeah, we are around sixty to seventy percent um, liquid, so it's super important to be getting enough good quality water. Um, then we move into dr. Dr. Quiet. And this is all around getting good quality sleep, um, resting and recovering, managing um, stress, optimizing stress and um, introspection work, um, looking within yourself um, with things like meditation and journaling. um, And then we move into doctor movement and um, looking at, Movement versus exercise. Um, a lot of people, you know, are living in a sedentary life lifestyle today, and we um, you see often people sitting down for long periods of time, and then they'll go for the gym for half an hour, and then sitting down for the rest of the day. And what I like to do is look at how people can get more movement in their day, so getting up and going for a walk, getting outside, going for a hike. Um, doing some stretching, you know, moving the body in all these different ways that um, we used to be doing and now we're sitting down for so long. Um, Typically, you know, you wake up, you go into your car, you sit down, you drive to work, you sit down at work and then you have lunch and you sit down at lunch and then you get back in the car, (laughs) drive back in the car. Totally. You know, and um, humans are meant to be moving. Movement is life, movement, you know, all our cells in our body need movement. Um, so, what I look at is how we can get more movement in the day, and also balancing that between what I like to call working in versus working out. Now, okay, look, what's
0: the? What talk us through that?
1: So, I'll just talk about stress for a little bit because it'll tie into. Okay. It. So, when we're looking at stress, it's important to realise that stress is cumulative, meaning that your body doesn't recognise. Uh, financial stress versus stress from too much exercise versus stress from too many toxins and chemicals that your body's coming into contact with, Um, stress from the foods that you're eating, too much sugar, um, a food intolerance. Um, All this, all the different types of stress gets put into what I call a stress bucket. They all filter in that. Now, what your body then does is measures how much total stress you have and for most people that's too much if you take into account poor quality food not drinking enough uh you know financial stress having some relationship troubles um too many toxins um with personal hygiene products or um or so electric magnetic frequencies all this stuff um a lot of people uh, running so stressed already and then if we take that and then we go and do a CrossFit um, one hour for five days a week and we just smash and smash our body again and we're not balancing that with recovery, um, what can happen is the total load of stress is too much on the system mm-hmm. and the body starts to release, release all these stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And of course, this is where a lot of disease comes from. So, Working in is, uh, is a concept that I like to use for myself and I like to preach around um, exercise or movement that brings in more energy than it expels. So something really light that doesn't really get the heart rate up that much but you're moving your body in a way where you're getting the benefits of movement but you're bringing in uh, more energy than you're expelling. So things like a light walk, uh, Tai Chi, qigong. Gong, or These ancient practices, um, like light, light yoga, breathing exercises, zone exercises that I like to do, is a way to uh move the body where we are actually bringing in more energy than we are expelling uh, as a way of working in. Uh, most, uh, I wouldn't say most, a lot of people uh really would benefit much more from doing gentle working in uh movement. And there are times where there's a lot of stress going on in their life, whether it's just after having a baby, or there's a lot of relationship stress going on, um, work stress, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we don't want to add too much to that bucket. What we can do is just change our movement routine where it's actually serving much more than um, it's causing us issues with too much stress.
0: So important to mention this because I know back in my um, PT days, we're, so many women would really struggle with the concept of a rest day or when i program in yoga or stretching sessions, they didn't feel like they were getting enough out of it because our programming, like our internal programming has led us to believe and that if we're not like sweating our behinds off and we're not physically struggling, then it's not actually benefiting us In some way. And that's a real mental challenge. And I know I definitely. had to unlearn a lot of this when I first started doing yoga a while ago. Like, I mentally struggled with getting my butt on the mat when I didn't feel like I was actually getting a workout. And I'm using like inverted commas when a workout and something that's great for your body, we need to move away from the notion that it's got to be hot and sweaty and, you know, we walk away like, you know, virtually dead to be of some benefit when it actually may be a far greater benefit to be doing something restorative my dog is just fully ruby sit she's like been chewing my hands through this whole thing I'm like oh my god this is not going to go well um it's so important to have that balance and that you know being able to unpack that and become aware that if you are in fact you know rubbing up against the fact that oh, it doesn't matter unless I'm like sweating and really giving that output. What is that? What is that fear that you're holding around not allowing yourself to take it easy? What's the belief that you've taken on board and the truth around what you think exercise and training and that could be? And it's really, that's where, you know, experts like yourself who specialize in a, you know, a full 360 approach to wellness. Oh my God, Ruby, stop. Sorry. She's like thinks it's time to play but it is not. Um it comes, it. She's savage anyway. It's because I went and got my hair done today but no one cares about that. Um yeah, it's real hang on us. Ruby, stop. Stop. See this is the fun with a nice at-home podcast. Um okay. So something else that you spoke about that and you touched on um And how I mentioned about the symptoms, we treat the symptoms. So if someone is, you know, comes to you and they're like really struggling with their energy levels and they could be, you know, starting to feel depressed, um, if you track that back, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've got to overhaul their entire life. That's where you can come in and have a look at what are they drinking and eating enough quality foods that could then be affecting their sleep. Because, like, I mean, Especially from a mum's perspective, we all love a coffee. But would you see very often that, you know, the things that we're eating or not eating can then affect our energy and our output and our mental load? Um, is that the sort of thing that you do to help unpack?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, touching back on the four doctors, that's kind of the model that I look through, as you see that sort of everything falls under one of those doctors in all areas yeah. of health. So what I look at is um, which ones are out of balance. And mm-hmm. there may be a more, one in more so than the other, or there's a bit of pieces all over. But the four doctor model really um, allows me to have a good look at where the individual is out of balance. And when we start to bring the balance of the four doctors together... That's when we create this happy whole person because it's all balanced, it's all working synergistically. So, as you can see, that all doctors tie into one another. So, for example, if we're not eating well, then we don't have energy to move and we're not getting the balance of movement. Um, If we're not eating well, we may sleep poorly. And if we're not eating well, it can affect our our mood, our state. Of course, we have, uh, there's a lot of evidence. Um, showing the, the relationship between the gut and the brain and how um, our gut health affects our moods. So, everything plays into each other. So, what I really like to do is look at what's out of balance and h- looking at how we can start to shift things to get this um, back in balance. So, I'll pick what I like to call the lead domino. So, what's the one thing that we can do first off to knock that domino over and knock a few others over? So it really depends on the individual case. But through this four-doctor model, we can balance uh, things that are going on in their life, balancing their stresses through this four-doctor model and really helping the other person um, be able to see some change as soon as possible. Once we uh, get some change, get some some things going, then I like to create uh, like a snowball effect and we start knocking over more and more and more. We get more energy. We're seeing results coming and we're feeling better, we're looking better, and all these things start to create a snowball effect, and then uh, quite quickly the person has gone from oftentimes um, low on energy, uh, somewhat depressed, and not feeling themselves, just knowing that life's not where they want it to be, and then with a few quick changes they can really start to create that snowball.
0: I love that. So you're a massive advocate for women's health, especially mothers. So what drove you to that area and what have you noticed about it as a whole?
1: Yeah, so I'm a I'm a father of two. Uh, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old son and a 15-month-old son. And what I've, I've observed going through the process of fatherhood and alongside my wife, Katie. Shout-out
0: to Katie. I love Katie.
1: Shout-out to Katie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so what I've observed is there is a lot of mums struggling out there, and it's not openly talked about, and what I've found with going through this with Katie and friends with kids and many clients of mine and talks that I do is women are struggling, and we often have had this center focus um, on the baby to the detriment of the mum, you know, there's so much emphasis put on the health and well-being of the baby often to the neglect of the mother so what i've what i've observed and what i teach through with my clients and the presentations that i do is looking at how we can start changing that conversation and realize the importance of the mother i believe the the role of a mother is maybe the most important role in the world and
0: yay
1: Hey, so, from that, of course, then the well being of the mother is absolutely paramount because what I like to say is that if you fill your cup up first, you have more to give. M- mothers are often so depleted from the workload that they have. And what I like to shift is shifting that conversation so the mum understands and everyone else around her understands the port- importance of her own well being for herself and for her baby and her family. So uh, if you think about it, when you go on a plane and, um, you know, in the event of emergency, put your own mask on first and then help someone else. Always. If, if you're not putting your own mask on first. You have nothing to give. You, you, you really need to feel up yourself first. So I like to, to preach this. Um, and, you know, in ancient and indigenous uh, environments, um, you know, postpartum, the, the mother is... They're looked after by a number of different helpers for a month, like directly after the birth. And from there, they've, you know, some cultures have 10 different people assigned to that baby to help bring them up. We have this tribe. This doesn't really exist in modern life. We've gone away from that tribe life to the detriment of a lot of things, including the health of mothers. So, in that, what I like to discuss with mums is how they can start filling up their cup you know, taking this four doctor approach. How can you start to get in, you know, some, some better quality food? You know, oftentimes we see the mums packing all the kids' school lunches and she's doing all this and, but it's you know, it's midday and she hasn't even eaten and she typically has a piece, of, a piece of toast and then back up for more and more rushing around doing the chores or doing all this stuff. Um, we, of course, know that that's um, not going to provide the nutrients for the body to provide the, the energy that mum needs to be at her best. We look at sleep, and of course, it's um, many mums are missing out on good quality sleep. Right? What I like to say is, think about what we can control, but we're versus what we can't control. So, how can we start to shift a few things to improve the quality of sleep or getting more rest throughout your day? Um, we look at happiness, and you know, it's very common for mums to be experiencing this groundhog day where it's gone all over again, and you know, it's a big change from where they were post post children and that every day kind of feels like the same and they seem to be in this rut um, and not getting the support that they need. Um, so looking at how can you get more of the things that you love um, I, I did a seminar recently and I was talking about this kind of stuff and then one of the ladies reached out and said, um, "I've been wanting to do doll making for years now since I had my kids I've gone away from it and you, you inspired me to get back into doll making So the next day she started doing the doll making again, and said that she's just beaming she just feels so much joy because she's doing something that she loves to do which so many people have gone away with like you know mums putting themselves second Um,
0: totally there's so much pressure for mums these days to be everything to everyone Um, and there's this massive guilt that comes with that because we're always like there's a list for mums to follow everywhere and how to be the best mum how to give your children the best start in life and then there's the after school activities and like there's this rule, this unspoken rule that I hear Mum speak about, um, especially now that I've got sort of a, a school age child. That there, you do one activity for sport, one for creative, and one for fun. Now that's three afternoon activities on top of that. You know, like the normal backwards and forwards from school and all the rest of it. By the way we don't do that. We just do one activity here because I just can't, but you know, this added pressure that your kid will be missing out on whatever. And then it's like all the, oh my God, like the list, there's a huge list and you can look for a list on anything in any division or any area. And someone will tell you how to do it. And then you've got that overwhelming guilt that comes. Um, as a mother, that if you feel like you're not living up to this list, then you're doing it wrong. And so then the guilt spiral and then, you know, everyone parents differently. Every, there's a million ways to be a good mom. Um, I just think it's so important and I'm so glad that you're talking about this, that we do take the time to um, investigate where we're, you know, beating ourselves up personally like emotionally and not showing ourselves any compassion with you know what we need to do and all the things and where we're holding the mum guilt and why do you like so many of us struggle to prioritize ourselves and what we need do you think that that has something to do with the the massive amount of pressure or why do you think we struggle um the women that you see Sean why do you think we struggle so hard so much to prioritize ourselves
1: yeah Katie It's really ingrained in our society, in Western society. It's ingrained in us uh, that you know, putting yourself first is selfish. Um, I, for one, want to shift that conversation. As, yeah, I'm calling
0: BS on that. I don't ex- agree either.
1: Yeah, it's BS. Now, the reason for that is, as I just discussed, when we fill up our cup, when we fill ourselves up first, we have much more to give. There's so many people giving from this empty cup and they just don't have the energy and uh, everything that they need to give to everyone else. Really, when you look at it, the greatest gift you can give your children, your partner, your friends, your work, everything. The greatest gift you can give to them is your own well-being, is your own happiness, your own joy, your own fulfilled life. Now... Because it's so ingrained in the society, um, it is hard for mums to sort of start shifting that conversation in their head because most people in the community um, don't live this way. They don't live um, this way, so it can be really hard to start shift um, for, for mums to get an understanding of the importance that and about to shift it. So what I like to do is just start small. Like, Just start small and it, oftentimes it just be like, let, let's start one hour a week. Let's start. How can you find one hour a week, one hour a week in your life to put something in that you love, to do? whether it's doll making, whether it's going for a walk on the beach, whether it's going to do that yoga class, whether it's listening to, to a
0: your- podcast. <laughs> it's really
1: complicated. Whatever you want to do. Um, just starting there. and from that, from that place. Start to realise that it's okay. Like mums get a little bit scared if they, you know, leaving their kids for a period of time and if they're doing this because it feels so icky and um, oftentimes things that are new will feel that. They'll feel a little bit scared because they're new, you haven't done them before. So understanding that, that you may have that that feeling, but understanding that you can shift it for the for the benefit of you and for the benefit of everyone around you, start to shift that and start to Get some things in your life that are going to fill up your cup, and you will see uh, amazing results in the way that you show up for your kids after you go get that hour workout in, that hour walk in. Um, I see it with Katie, and she's very much uh, had this ingrained in her lot and her uh, mindset where um, she can't take time for herself, and she needs to be around with the boys, and you know she just doesn't have the time, and um, you know what are people going to think and all this kind of stuff. Um, totally. I, I don't oh. know. I, I, I see her go and do her do her training, or she goes for a, um, a beach workout and a swim. she comes back, and the energy that she has, she walks in this in back in the door after this time, and she has this beam and smile, and she's full of energy. And the boys run over to her, and they're like, mommy, And then she's just got so much more energy when she starts her day off like that. The day just flows so much better. She has so much more to give. The boys are happier. Her, hers, happier. Everyone is is happier. And I understand it may be hard to get that in every date, but the more and more you can do it, um, the more and more you will see the benefits in your life. So I really, um, I really encourage mums to start looking at what they love, um, what they love to do, and how they can get some of their own time in their life to fill up their cup.
0: So much of what stops us is the stories that we have in our own mind about um, why we can't do the thing, isn't it, though? Like it's, you know, we can't possibly find that time away. Yet we often, you know, our partners can do it so much easier. And I, I've had these conversations. It's And you know what? Often our partners will come home and say, why don't you just go for a walk? But us as women are like, no, 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 you, we can't. I couldn't possibly... Where the opportunity's there, or we might have to do some shuffling around or pop the kids in the creche at the gym, and it all just feels a little bit too hard. But what's making it hard is the way that we're talking to ourselves about the situation and what we're the story that we're allowing it to mean for us. And the same thing goes with everything, it goes back to that internal dialogue and what we're prioritizing and what we're allowing it to mean have you like what do you see in that scope of things
1: yeah of course Uh, who we think we are as people is simply a set of stories a lot of that dates back to how we were brought up Um, a lot of that stories and the programming that we get starts back um, to eight years old so from your parents from your friends, from your community, now, some of that some of those stories begin there, and then they play out throughout our life. For example, uh, you know, one day you might ask your parents, "Hey, can I, can I get that toy?" And they say, "No, you've been a, a naughty girl. So you don't deserve that." Then that story, again and again, where it's just like, "I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that." and then it's ingrained into you that you are not worthy. You are not worthy of something. You're not deserving of something. But then that's played out throughout our lives, and and then the words that we use, the language that we use, reinforce that story. Um, What I've found that words create stories, and stories create our reality. So... We are re- re- with the words that we are using, we are reinforcing that old story. Those stories that are going on of, I am not worthy, I don't deserve that. I couldn't take part um, of myself, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve that. Um, I can't do this, I can't do that. All of those stories will shape our lives. But what we um, can be empowered to understand is that when we shift our words, we will instantly start to shift that story. Now, an example of this um, is just simply, um, I don't have the time. Now, everyone has the same amount of time uh, in their day-to-day life. And what that is saying is that you're not prioritizing it. I don't have the time um, can instantly be shifted to, I do have the time.
0: I create the time.
1: create the time. I will make the time. Just shifting those words creates a very different story about what's happening and the potential of the reality is what's going to happen. So I like to uh, bring up the difference between architect language and conflict language. So architect language is empowering words that we use to create the life that we want. And on the flip side of that, where most people are – Um, the language that they're using is conflict language. So it's conflicted to what they actually want and what their dreams are. And in that we have soft talk. So soft talk is a conflict language where most people are using really soft talk to describe um, what's happening. So words like I should, I could, I might, I probably are all soft words that when we eliminate from our language, when we take that out, we use solid talk and we're really firm with what it is that we want. And on the back of that, we will get what we want. We will get what we're moving towards. Um, Often another conflict language is negations. So using words like I can't, I won't, I don't um, can instantly be taken out and shifted um, to affirmations. um, Words like I can, I am, I do, I will. All All these words are empowering words that will create a very different reality. Um, Another common one is projections, where we are projecting um, someone else, um, putting the responsibility on them for our reality. So, you know, he makes me feel that way. She makes me feel that way. The boss always does this to me. What we can do is shift that from projections to reflections and understanding that you create your reality you create your own reality and you're responsible for your own thoughts and feelings. And when we use words like, you know, shifting from, he makes me feel that way to, I make me feel that way. Understanding that no one else is in control of your feelings when you are giving them the power of the way that you feel your powerless. And in that state, you cannot change your reality. Okay. So when we change shift the words that we use, we shift, shift our reality.
0: And if, I love this conversation so much because it's really easy to get stuck in pointing the finger at someone else when, you know, because then we don't have to take responsibility for our own thoughts, our own actions and our part in the story. And of course there are some people out there who are fully being like taking the dickhead path and are genuinely um, taking advantage of different things and certain situations. And I'm not talking about those instances. But the instances where we have to take ownership in how we're showing up, what boundaries we have or don't have in place, and instead of saying, they always make me feel like this or he always says that, getting curious mm. and inviting curiosity in to why am I feeling this way? like yep. And having that self-inquiry and inviting curiosity to sit at the table And self-reflection can be a really like, it's one of those buzzwords where you think, oh, shit, that sounds really heavy. But it really is just bringing curiosity into play. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why, when he goes to do whatever, when he goes fishing, does it bring up all this stuff for me? Why do I get to 3 p.m. and feel so strung out? Or why is... Why are they having all of this success and I'm not? Instead of getting stuck in like a jealousy or a resentment or whatever it is, instead of pointing the finger, you flip it just like you've mentioned and get curious with it instead. And that will bring you so many more growth opportunities and so much more of an understanding about who you are, where to go next and what you can possibly start to implement to make a more positive impact within your own life
1: yeah 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 really great point katie so becoming aware of what's actually going on and observing yourself there needs to be no judgment in that space it's just simply observing observing your own thoughts or your own feelings like what is going on for you like yeah when he does go fishing what how do you feel yeah why why is that um what's your physiology doing Are, are you tensing up are you starting to get the story that he always goes fishing you know, does he always go fishing oh yeah. well, he goes every you know two weeks and you start to observe yourself and then um having no judgment around yourself just becoming the observer when you when you go from um when you jump into the place of observer of your own thoughts and feelings um it's a really powerful space to be in because you stepped out of that that place and even with someone else um if you can observe observe them you step out of the place of judging them and you're just simply the observer of what's going on and in that place you can then look to shift um you then look to shift the way that you think and feel
0: and i am putting my hand up because i am very curious as to why and how i do things and i'm gonna tell you i cringe at myself so often because what we're gonna discover it's not pretty you're not gonna go like Oh, I'm so evolved and I'm, you know, often we've got these ridiculous expectations that we're placing on other people and situations. We have um, you know, perceptions we've got um perceptions on what how we think it should go. We could be manipulating the situation. We could like attempting to, we could have all of this stuff is going to come up. And and that's all part of being human. But recognizing it and again, be looking at it playfully because if you could hear some of the stories that I sit down and like unpack different scenarios and situations with my girlfriends and other fellow mums and owning that, like the what we're really thinking in the back of our mind when we try and do things or make suggestions or however things play out. We like if you get to the core of it, the surface value is that it's someone else's problem and they did this to me and we're victims. But if you get down to it, it's always like really uncomfortable to often become aware of our, you know, our intentions initially. But then once you start to become aware of how you're moving, and then you get to decide. If that's how you want to stay, if that's this is your truth, if this is um, a behavior that you want to carry on, is this a perspective that you want to take on as your truth? Is this a character trait that you like about yourself? And if it's not, then just go, okay, well, where did it come from? And it's that reverse engineering and that backtracking and again, becoming curious of why perhaps you're feeling this way. It's often fear. It's often something that we were raised with it's someone else's truth, it's, you know, coming from a place of lack and the result may not be that we need to stop someone from going fishing or we need to, you know, diminish someone else's whatever it is. It might be that we're not feeling secure enough in ourselves that we're, you know, perhaps feeling a little unloved, we're perhaps missing some of the, you know, one of the four doctors or and our joy is like not there so we're looking to, you know, diminish someone else's i don't know but there's heaps of different things but becoming aware of them puts you back in the driver's seat and it's so much um more productive to be in that headspace rather than being in a place of angst and lack and dread and you know carrying around that victim mentality because that is exhausting
1: absolutely great point katie and whenever we want to change the outside world it's an inside job. It's always an inside job. Our world reflects perfectly what's going on within us, as you said. Now, I'll, I'll let you in a little secret.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love what, secrets.
1: What, what I essentially get down to with all, all my clients and what it all comes back to oftentimes is self-love, self-appreciation and self-acceptance. And as you mentioned, that we're trying to validate something outside of ourselves that's not within ourselves, something that we feel like we're lacking. So when we get down to it, we can look at what pieces are missing and what stories are going in that we've taken on from other people. Is that something that we really want? We can start unpacking this and then we can start looking at feeling ourselves, looking at filling ourselves up with more love, more acceptance, more appreciation for who and what we are right now, and knowing that we are enough right now, when we get to that space and when we practice this, the outside will re- reflect it. And we can start this today, understanding that what we always are after is a feeling. We're always after the feeling while we buy that dress, while we buy that car, while we want that partner it's always a feeling that we're after and understanding that feelings come from within and we can access these feelings at any time and we can get better at feeling the feelings we want to feel as humans we're really good at adapting and getting better at things that we practice so we can practice feeling the way that we want to feel and we can get to a point where it doesn't matter what's going on outside of ourselves it doesn't matter if we don't have that thing yet if the environment's not reflecting that, we can choose to feel any way that we want to feel. And if we choose self-appreciation and appreciating all the things that we do have in our lives, all the things that we do appreciate about ourselves, if we accept ourselves fully for who and what we are in this moment without judgment, and if we show ourselves more love, love for the smallest things, love for the biggest things, like what's, Right now, if you're listening to this and you're driving or you're at the gym or you're walking, what's one thing that you love about yourself? You know, if I was we were here, you're having this conversation with Katie and I right now, what's one thing that you love about yourself? And I'm sure you can think of one thing. No ifs and buts, no oh yeah. yeah. I would like if I like to change that. Welcome to being human. You know, we always want to change things and we get to change whatever we want to get to change. But understanding that it's okay. Find something that you love about yourself. Find something that you appreciate and accept about yourself fully. And then what you'll find is you might think of one thing and then you can think of another. And you can entertain these thoughts and entertain these thoughts and then you start to experience more self-love. You start to experience and be able to feel the self-love and appreciation that you have of yourself and realizing that you are enough right now and understanding that we get to change. We can change whatever we like, but you are enough enough right now. And it's a very empowering place to know that you are in control of your emotions. You're in control of your feelings and the feelings that we're after can be accessed at any time Uh, and we don't need to wait for the outside environment to provide us with those feelings.
0: We just need to work out what it is that we're searching for and missing and then gift ourselves that. I totally agree. And gratitude is such a powerful emotion to call in at any time because it's hard for two things to exist in the same space at the same time. So if you're calling in gratitude, then... um, you know, that's what you're going to see more of. And that's definitely a more powerful emotion than like. Sean, this has been such an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, if there are ladies that are looking to um, work with you or find out what's going on, where can everyone find you?
1: So we've have got a lot of uh, seminars and talks um, coming up around uh, the stuff that we touch briefly on today so you can go over to our instagram and follow that at evolve hc give us a follow and keep an eye out for the next upcoming um seminar or talk near you uh you can go over to our website at evolve holistic coaching to check out some of the coaching programs that we offer and yeah um you'll be able to reach out on instagram or our website and just come and say hey if you've got some questions or you like questions about what, what we've talked about today or Anything else, just reach on out.
0: Three cheers for that. And two lucky listeners are going to get the chance to win two tickets to um, one of Sean's next workshops, which the dates and everything will be up on our Instagram, um, on my Instagram page. So look for the tile, which as soon as this is released and it's live, there'll be a tile up on my. Um, instagram page that you to go in the draw you just have to share it and like both evolve hc and myself and you'll be in the draw so thank you so so much sean this has been amazing and i have no doubt you're gonna have some amazing women reaching out to you very soon
1: brilliant thank you katie i appreciate you and i appreciate all that you do spreading your your love and light it's um it's amazing to follow you and to see what you're doing in the world so i appreciate you
0: oh thanks sean Thank